questions reveal the hearts of the asker. So if you look at verse 20 of Luke 1, this is Gabriel responding to Zechariah. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Contrasting that with Mary in verse 45, Elizabeth is speaking of Mary when she says, And blessed is she, Mary, who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So we see that Zechariah did not believe the message that he received, and Mary did believe. And so we asked this morning, what is the big deal about belief? And how can we understand what it means to believe or to disbelieve? And we talked about the reformers of the 1500s had uh, these three aspects of faith that I think are helpful to form our thinking. And for those of you who are here this morning, maybe you could name them with us. But the first is knowledge, information that received, just facts that we know. Then assent is the second aspect of faith, A-S-S-E-N-T, where we agree with the knowledge that we received. We agree that it's true. And then the third step or aspect of faith is trust, that we have a confident faith in these facts that they are going to change our lives. That Heidelberg Catechism captures this uh, perfectly. It's just what it says in, in uh, the question and answer 21. The question is, what is true faith? And the first part of the answer, uh, there's a longer answer, but the first part is, true faith is not only a sure knowledge, but, uh, or by which I hold all true that God has revealed to us in Scripture, it is also a wholehearted trust. So it is a knowledge that I hold to be true, and I wholeheartedly trust it. So this morning, we looked at Zechariah, and we walked through his uh, interaction with Gabriel, and this, this evening, we're going to look at Mary's, and this will be our outline, to see the knowledge that she received, to see did she assent or not, did she agree with God or not, and then her actions of trust. So if we're, uh, we'll pick it up in Luke 1, 26. Luke 1, 26 through 33. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man who was named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and, his, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So this is the information that Mary receives from the angel Gabriel. And we know that this is reflecting, uh, echoing, Gabriel is just announcing what had been announced before in Isaiah chapter 9. We talked about Malachi chapters 3 and 4, talking about John the Baptist coming, that it was written 400 years before Zechariah and Gabriel. Isaiah was written nearly 700 years, or a little over 700 years before, 
And we see that this same message that Gabriel is talking about was announced then in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Of the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So Mary hears this message from Gabriel and will she agree with it? Will she believe it? So back in Luke chapter 1 and verses 35 through 37, we see Mary's, or sorry, verse 34, we see Mary's response. Luke 1, 34. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? This is very different than how will I know? Zacharias question, how am I going to know this? Mary instead is just logistical question. How's this going to work out? How are these details going to happen? I'm a virgin. And so her faith shows that she is believing. She's assenting to the knowledge that she's receiving from God. And she's just asking Gabriel, how is this going to happen? And so graciously, Gabriel gives her more information, verses 35 and 37. So we're still in this knowledge gaining stage with Mary and Gabriel. So 35 to 37, and the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative is Elizabeth, in her old age also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And so back in Isaiah, the the passage that we talk about all the time when we look back Gabriel is just repeating what Isaiah prophesied 700 years before in Isaiah 7 and verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. So this revelation is an echoing of, uh, from Gabriel, is an echoing of Isaiah's a prophecy some 700 years before. And we talked about this morning that, so we see Mary quickly assenting, agreeing with God, but that assenting is not it. It is not sufficient. Knowing and agreeing with God is not sufficient for biblical faith. And we looked at James chapter 2 and verse 19, which reads, you believe, you assent, you agree with God, that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. And so we talked about how, how do we know when we moved, when we have moved from assent to trust? We see that the demons even ascend, assent with truth, but how do we know that we've moved from agreeing with God to actually trusting God? And we talked about James 2.18, which says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. The summary of that is trust is evidenced by our works. And I made an emphatic point this morning. I will make it again this evening because there's been so much confusion of how do I move from agreeing with God to truly trusting in God? Do I need to do something? Do I need to go to church? Do I need to be baptized? Do I need to 
fill in the blank, and the answer is no. That faith is not accomplished by our works. Faith is a gift from God that is given to all who call upon him. But faith is shown by our works. And this is exactly the response that we see from Mary in Luke 1 and verse 38. So after this knowledge comes to her, Mary quickly says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary believes and her willingness to submit to the word of God shows the evidence of her faith. She has believed and fully trusted in the message that she's received. So as we stated this morning, and as we consider the account of this first Christmas, we are not called to a blind faith. This faith has been proclaimed from Genesis chapter 3 all through the Old Testament. God, prophet after prophet after prophet said, I'm sending one. I'm sending one who will make all things right. And uh, as Paul said in Galatians 4, 4 and 5, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. That this Jesus, who we celebrate today, who, who came as a babe and lived a perfect life, tempted in every way and yet without sin, he died a substitutionary death in our place and rose again and ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And as Peter said in Acts 2.23, this was according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. This is exactly how God drew it up. And he has told us, and he's told us, and he's told us again. And this is what we are to trust in, that Jesus came not to be just an example, not to be a cute baby in a manger, but to be our Lord and Savior as he sacrificed himself for us. So we're called to believe what God has revealed to us. Spurgeon said it this way, talking about faith. Faith is not a blind thing. Faith begins with knowledge. It is not a speculative thing, for faith believes facts of which it is sure. Faith is not an unpractical, dreamy thing. Faith trusts and stakes its destiny upon the truth of revelation. This is one way of describing what faith is. So the question before each one of us today and every day is, have you staked your destiny upon the truth of the revelation of Jesus Christ? As we close tonight and close with a few songs celebrating Jesus' coming, I also want to quickly turn our attention beyond Christmas. I want to see, I want each of us to see um, that we are not only to put hope in what has happened in the past in Jesus coming and living, but I also want to call you to know, to believe, and to trust that the revelation of Jesus Christ is not yet over. This morning we looked back at Malachi chapter 3 and we saw at the very end of the Old Testament, right, all of the Old Testament, the very end, the last, chapter 3 and verse 1, and then the very last two verses of the entire Uh, Old Testament was pointing and speaking of one that would come to prepare the way for the Lord. And we saw this morning that that was fulfilled in John the Baptist, coming in the spirit of Elijah, preparing the way for the Lord. It's very interesting. The very last verses of the New Testament give us a very similar promise. If you flip, want to flip there, you probably know it, Revelation 22. But if you think of the last words of the Old Testament are saying there's one coming, 
There's one coming that will prepare the way of the Lord. And the very last verses of Revelation, the very end of the New Testament, John writes, He, that's Jesus, who testifies to these things, says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all of you. Amen. As we celebrate Christ's first advent, I want to ask you, do you know that Jesus has revealed that he is coming again? Do you believe this claim? Do you assent to these facts? But more importantly than that, are you trusting, looking forward to the day when he will come to fulfill all of his promises? When we celebrate Jesus uh, with glorious worship today, may we rest and trust in Jesus completely And may we anticipate Jesus' soon return. Let's pray together. Father, we uh, thank you for this morning, for this evening, and for what a glorious time to come and to sing the praises of the one that came to set all things right. Jesus, we do believe that you came in time and history, just in the fullness of time, that you lived a perfect life that we couldn't live, that you died a death that we couldn't die that simply by believing in you in faith, we can be reconciled to you. Lord, we also believe and we hope that we ask that you would help our unbelief, that you are coming again and you are coming again soon to both judge the world and to finish your saving work where all things will be made right and there will be no weeping, no crying, no gnashing of teeth where we will be with you now and always. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.